Welcome to the Voices of Marketing Podcast. And now your host, John Shea. Hey, everyone. Uh, today on the show, I've got someone by the name of Calvin Brown. Uh, he's here to take today to talk about uh, his consulting company that he works for, Cairo Consulting, and another um, project that he's got going on called Book My Stylist. Uh, welcome to the show, Calvin. Hey, thanks a lot. No problem. I guess, um, I don't know what you want to start with, uh, kind of get into your background and maybe how you got into these ventures. Okay, yeah. So uh, Cairo is basically a Microsoft stack company. What that basically means is Anything Microsoft, That's those are pretty much the products that we put out, and uh, we build custom products. I mean, if you can think of it, we build it. Anything for devices, for TVs, phones, I mean, your everyday checkout at your market, uh, we build those type of applications. A lot of stuff that people would consider boring, but, you know, millions of people use every day. That's pretty much uh, what we build. Um, we pretty much got started in, a, um, in one of my old apartments. I uh, started out as a consultant, and... Uh, you know, but do consulting for different companies. And as I kind of got a feel for it, I was like, hey, I could probably expand this if I had other people to, you know, who did the exact same things. We could kind of collaborate and, and build a brand. And um, the uh, only thing, we literally wrote it on the wall. I ended up having to pay for that office, but um, we wrote it on the wall is be the best at what we do, be the most efficient and be the best at it. And that's kind of how it all got started. And that was November of 2002 when I started and um, I started adding people around 2005. So as you can see, that's a pretty quick, you know, turnaround. So I had to learn it all. And um, it's been real fun. I mean, I traveled in the world uh, doing this. Of course, there's a lot of relationships now with the Indian market, the Philippine, well, Philippines market's kind of off now, but with them doing a lot of the IT stuff. So um, it's pretty fun for the most part. So what's, what's kind of like your team now? How many people have you got working with you? So there's five here in Atlanta, uh, and there's two in Dallas. So we have an office in Dallas as well. Um, the two in Dallas are just consultants. Uh, Dallas is a market that is kind of filled with uh, financial and kind of un unique businesses. It's also the middle of the country. It's easy to travel uh, to the West Coast uh, from there. So that's um, how our team is comprised. We actually share products overall, meaning uh, I try to be really great at knowing what people's strengths are. So one guy may work on one piece and, you know, they, they kind of collaborate and kind of let them work organically. Um, it's been fairly successful. Um, of course, it's not as corporate. Uh, so that means when people are out, you know, um, you tend to miss things or there has to be, you know, longer days for other people. So it's a um, it's a give and take kind of. But, uh, yeah, we're a team of uh, seven and we have what I call the accordion model. Obviously, we add people throughout the year. Um, we may be up to 75 people, you know, depending on the size of the project. Um, so, but you know, those people don't work for me permanently. They just, oh, are, yes. And uh, everywhere I go, I meet great consultants, you know, that they have. So I kind of pair with those guys and say, Hey, if, you know, if I get another project, you know, and it requires this, let's work together. So I, I'm really uh, efficient in that manner. Meaning we compete with very, very, very large brands. The Deloitte's um, oftentimes uh, call and say, Hey, can you guys do this portion of the project for us? Um, we do a lot of projects for a lot of, a lot of big brands who, you know, obviously they take the higher margins off the top, but we're actually responsible for a lot of the work that you see. Hmm, wow. Well, so what's um what's like an example of something that maybe you recently completed or maybe like a bigger accomplishment you've done with the company? Okay. So, yeah, we so we recently, and when I say recently, I mean within the last two weeks, just pushed out Sprint Zone. So if you have a Sprint phone, 
uh, in America or internationally, um, I actually architected the product. Um, those are the screenshots that you see on the I am Calvin Brown site. So essentially um, all the, the large name companies that are involved, they call and say, hey, you guys get up here to Overland Park, Kansas and tell us where to get started. Tell us how to do this. Um, tell us how to put this in perspective so that our team can do the version two, but we want you guys to do version one. So basically we all hop on a plane, we go there and we kind of lay it all out. This is what we think it should be done. This is how many customers you can use, you know, the, the graphics, everything about it. Um, we kind of put the idea together and we implement the version one alongside their team so they can understand it and kind of take it for there, take it from there. Um, of course, corporate America doesn't always have as many high level consultants. You know, those guys don't yeah. you know, eight hour days instead of our typical 10 to 12 hour days. So they tend not to be as um, heavy on the technology side. So, you know, they, they hire companies like mine to kind of come in and do it. So we're real proud of that. I think it's a 55 million user base. So, I mean, it's very, very high exposure uh, for those types of products. Um, we actually similarly did the, um, I think it's called Cricket now, but it was for a company called AIO Wireless. And that was for AT&T. And that was a, a joint product that we did with Accenture. So again, we work with the really large brands to implement this in. Um, my team served as architecture for North America, which means all of the building blocks, how it gets done, we make those decisions. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how did you kind of, I, I guess, I mean, obviously you're, you're working with some of these huge companies. I mean, how did you kind of build upon that? Like, was it more just introductions and meeting the right people or? I actually didn't do any of that. It actually came from being a consultant. So um, there's this uh, concept of uh, recruiting firms, right? So the firms kind of, know you and as people move in business like you know one guy may be recruiting for one company and then he moves to a Deloitte or moves to an Accenture they'll give you a call and say hey are you guys still doing this um, you know we have a product and, that we're trying to build for one of our customers and you know they're gonna bring on 40 consultants you know get your team together let's let's build this and that's kinda how it works it's if you put out a good product people kinda stay with your name um, you know it's one of those businesses where you definitely don't want to do it uh, wrong because I mean you're paying hundreds of people um, and you know there's millions of dollars involved so you kind of want to get it right the first time so they tend to call you back uh, if, you, if you build a solid product they tend to call you back or if you know what you're talking about offer great insight they tend to call you back yeah I mean totally makes sense so really you're you're just putting the extra quality and time and effort into these projects and it's kind of just snowballing from there yeah absolutely awesome so um, I'm trying to think of some good questions to ask you. I mean, I, I guess um, obviously you're outsourcing workers. Like, how is that kind of working for you as well? Like, you said you're a team of seven, but then you know when the project really ramps up, you maybe is up you know as much as like 70 employees, 75 employees. Yes. Uh, so the outsourcing. So a lot of the uh, outsourcing work is really simple um, because we're doing the architecture. We kind of break it down into building blocks. Literally, if you were to build something, the way I always describe it, if you're building something with Legos, then you know you would have these individual pieces. Mm -hmm. um, and say there's a certain section that's a different color, the yellow Legos, right? We may isolate the yellow logos and say, let's outsource this piece. So we're doing all the core pieces, but we have individual things that are maybe more repetitive, a little bit easier, but just take time and mm -hmm. manpower. Um, we outsource those pieces. So there's a formula for it. We don't just say, hey, let's just bring on 35 additional people and let them in the mix because there's a certain working chemistry that um, that's our advantage over a lot of the larger corporations is, you know, a lot of these guys are in different locations. They don't really know each other. We're, we, we know each other. 
we're, we're a family. So we know how we work. I know how long it takes, you know, one of my guys, when he says it's going to take an hour, I know it's going to be an hour and a half as, you know, those sorts of right, right. So um, we actually isolate certain pieces and have them work on it and, and makes for really easy to check it out. Uh, doesn't necessarily break the core product and we can kind of move fast. So that's how I handle uh, outsourcing. Um, obviously we hire another project manager or two to, you know, facilitate that. So really I'm only getting the updates like literally here, here's the, here's what they produced. Here's the amount of time it was. Here's the cost. So I, I make it real simple, really um, compartmentalized, if you will. Yeah. So it kind of breaks down that you're not doing all like, you know, the kind of tedious stuff you got someone managing who can just report back and tell you what's going on. Yes. And make making people responsible. But again, those are consultants as well. People that are really sharp at what they do. Um, one of the things that I don't think the IT market is aware of is really, really sharp guys. It takes them a lot less time and they do things that don't require you to go back two and three times. Mm -hmm. And overall, it may seem like it's costing you more, but in hours, uh, as far as your time and your team's time and your customers um, paying for it, it actually costs less overall. So having really sharp people manage their own kind of silos is important to me. Um, and it actually works overall. We rarely, rarely, rarely have any real issues because you just trust guys that they make their living doing this. Sure, sure. Now, would, do you use like typical platforms to kind of find the guys who are working for you? Like you just these freelance type platforms or there's some other way you're finding the people to do the work? Oh, no, not at all. So um, like I said, I used to be a consultant. So everywhere I went into, I would like buddy up with other consultants who were on the projects. Right? Oh, okay. So, okay. Um, I just, over the years, I, like I said, I started in 2002 and I actually started develop, consulting in 2002 and I actually started development in 96. So over those years, I've made a lot of friends who were, you know, just developers. Hey, can you do this piece for me? You know, I'm going to be out of town, out of the country, whatever. I need to get this done and just made friends with those guys. And if they're equally doing the same type of consulting, you just toss them projects. Say, hey, can you guys do this? Can you do that? So I've really built a strong network of um, individuals who, you know, may have a company that may just be that guy or that guy, two other people who can take a piece and run with it. Uh, you know, and I, I can trust them for cost. Like, hey, it's, it's going to cost X amount it's going to be pretty accurate as opposed to just trying people out to do different things. Sure. Um, you know, that takes a lot of time that people don't account for. So really these people, you, you really know them. It's not like you're just hiring a guy that necessarily is just out of the blue. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. We're, we're building products that, I mean, there's, there's a lot of backlash if it doesn't go right. So, I mean, there's a huge financial implications for some of these things. I mean, if right. you turn your phone on and it like, you know, went dark screen, they people would flood the retail stores and that would you know then cause some form of problem and you know we would in turn be responsible financially uh, for you know all paying back all of the lost hours that they had for a bad product so i have to make sure that we're producing something that um, is stable and and makes sense from people who make their living doing this who are you know trying to be in business a little longer have you had any kind of like uh, like what you mentioned just now, like any big disasters sort of happen when things just don't work out or maybe something gets into a phase where you think it's ready or, you know, and maybe there's bugs or things like that that just didn't kind of iron out the way you intended? Yes. And that usually comes when, uh, like I said, we're, we're a company of seven, right? So uh, obviously we're going to build a product that large. There are so many other hands in the fire, so many other, you know, smaller companies that they kind of bring together. Um, a lot of times there's just gaps in there and you know we're not solely responsible but 
you know, if you take responsibility for being a part of a product, you're responsible. So yeah. there, there are products on the market right now that, um, you know, that have issues that are known issues. That's why you get all those updates on your phone, right, from all your apps that say, you know, bug fixes. Sure. It's going to happen. There's no perfect product, but the, the core functionality, we make sure before it goes out. I mean, if it's a pay your bill app, like the Sprint app, you definitely can pay your bill. There's no problems with that. But maybe with some of the video or something, you know, in there, some of the, the games, there may be certain issues because that comes from third parties. And, you know, it's just too many uh, issues to kind of uh, bring in before you have to put it out. I mean, we only have five to six months of true development and maybe, you know, four to three to four months of planning, uh, before, you know, to get a product out that's going to serve millions of people. So, it's you know, it's a big deal. And it's yeah, a I mean, very short amount of time, too. I keep thinking that's crazy, the whole Sprint app thing, the Sprint Zone, because that, that, like, comes native, I believe, on all the Sprint yeah, phones. Cause it does. I'm on Sprint myself, so I know. <laughs> I've been with Sprint for four or five years now, maybe longer. Yeah. I believe it's been on every phone I've ever had, so that's pretty crazy that you're actually, like, you're kind of the head of that, essentially, yeah. is what you're telling me. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, so what, um like... I'm trying to think of some other good questions on this. I know we were kind of focusing on outsourcing. Um, has there been any projects where, like, you know, someone's come to you and they have an idea and you've seen, you, you've built that solution for them and just seen it, like, absolutely take off in terms of a mobile app and what it did and maybe um, not necessarily profit, but just overall, like, popularity and everything in terms of going in the right direction, I guess, what someone would want an app to do? Uh, no. And um, I try to be very smart about uh, those types of projects. Um, one of the things, I mean, I'm an extremely nice guy, but I do not partake in things that potentially could be, you know, huge projects unless we're some type of resource owner. Um, we're a consulting company at the base, so obviously we build a lot of parts for a lot of apps in the market. But I traditionally try to make sure that they're not um, really profit-based uh, applications. Uh, one of the reasons is if it fails, it could be your responsibility, you know, because they could blame it on that. Or if it takes off, you really don't get any of the credit. We sign a lot of uh, disclosures that say, hey, we can't really tell people about a lot of the products that we work on because these companies are selling it as if they created it, right? So there's a lot of big brands out there. So I try to be very careful about towing the line as far as, uh, you know, little apps and things like that. It's like saying if Facebook called and say, hey, can we build this one module? Absolutely, we'll build the one module, but it doesn't make or break Facebook as a whole, if that makes sense. Right. right. Something from the ground up, um, I would more likely be inclined to a partnership as opposed to um, just building it outright simply because, I mean, unless they're going to come back for three to five years, you know, building something really short can be really devastating for you as far as a business. That's not really a risk you need to take. I mean, everybody's building apps. Uh, they can usually get it done a lot cheaper um, than coming us to build it because we're more of a long-term strategy than, you know, just building some random components for mm-hmm. your app, yeah, or more of a long-term strategy. Right, right. So you'd probably be, would it be necessarily more complicated apps versus, like, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're more complex stuff. You're, you're things that people want to upgrade as opposed to replacing it. You know, if you're, I, trust me, I get a call, maybe two calls a day, about somebody with this fantastic idea and they want to build it and, you know, they've gotten funding from, you know, their family or whatever they get money from. And the guys get pretty decent amounts of money and um, they want to build these things. And a lot of times the conversations are much like, hey, look, so um, if you build this, someone has to maintain it. Someone has to, you know, 
there's there's bugs. What are you going to do about that? And you know, six months after it's out there, what if you get a million users? How are you going to facilitate that? And I really encourage them to go and find a team, you know, that will be there longer if they can afford really a brand for the short haul. Uh, a lot of that stuff just ends up failing, as you know. I mean, there, there's a lot of popular apps, but most apps just don't do that well. Um, right. So, you know, being a part of the ones that don't do well, a lot of times they blame the development. So I've been strangely uh, successful at avoiding that. So, I don't know, maybe I have some kind of protection somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely. It's interesting to think about that, like that, you know, if you were to build an app for someone that maybe took off, uh, they may not be thinking about all the other things like the customer service and the yes. consistent updates, but then at the same time, like, if they start making millions of dollars, like where are you in that equation? Yes. So they just basically come back and ask for more hours, but then the demand is higher, right? So this guy who originally was building a product for 80 grand now has, you know, $7 million worth of worry. So he wants it on par with that quality, but he doesn't necessarily have the increased revenue at that time because I mean, it costs a lot to maintain. You need more servers, you know, all the stuff nobody cares about. You need more everything. So, um, that's really a business. A lot of times they're not really in it for the business side of it. They're really in it for, let's see how this works. Right. Um, if you're familiar with uh, like chainsaws or anything like that, you just keep pulling it. Sometimes it starts, sometimes it doesn't. That's really how I describe uh, business and apps. It's some, most of the time it doesn't start. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I would, I know like there's so many things out there now that just make it like almost, I don't want to say like push button, but there's a lot of simple app creation tools and things like that. Now it's becoming so much easier. Yes. That, like the competition, I would imagine is just fierce. Like you're really going to have to be the big guys are the ones that are actual companies like producing these yes. really high end elaborate, um, you know, like well thought out projects, these applications. Yes. That's kind of what being online is uh, very expensive. Um, so companies have to be aware of that. And so I always push them like, Hey, you know, give your family their money back, you know, build an app through one of those things, see if people respond to it and then come back. If you come back and you have, you know, a 10,000 user base, yeah, that that's a solid product, right? People will invest in you and you will have the necessary infrastructure and then we'll gladly be a part of it. Um, I'm in business to be in business for a while, not for the short term. So I don't want to be, you know, married up to some app that's just devastating for our career. Um, you know, I, I just don't think that's worth it. Yeah, it makes sense. Cool. Um, well, I figured um, we could talk about your other venture. I thought that'd be interesting to talk about as well. Uh, the book, mystylist.com. Do you kind of want to talk about that a little bit and what it is? Yeah, sure. So uh, book, my stylist actually came out of, um, so I've done it. That's pretty much been the only thing I've done. So I've kind of dabbled in other ventures, I guess, just to break the monotony of it. So I used to own a barbershop and a salon. And um, like I think we were talking earlier, it was just really antiquated, just very cash-based, like a bunch of receipts. And um, it really consumed a lot of my time. And so um, after being in that business, I just, you know, there, I, I thought about it. I was like, there's really no way for me to own 50 of these without really having 50 people to, you know, or at least 10 people to go around and kind of figure everything out and make sure everything was on point. And so there this idea was born. And I mean, you're talking your major, major brands, which you know, are some of our customers now, really, even though they sell these franchises, they're kind of siloed. They're very individual. They send all of their data in these like one-off push button, you know, send me your report type of deal. So we really brought them into the 21st century. 
nobody in that industry is talking cloud. Nobody's talking multi-location. Um, mm -hmm. If you wanted to book an appointment with one person who works at multiple sites, nobody really thinks about that. That's a manual phone call that takes time. What if nobody picks up? We, we really handle all of those kind of corporate communications, emails, um, being able at a high level to see how all of our stores are doing without having to wait on the monthly communications, kind of heading things off. That's really what Book My Salad is. It's really for the salon that has the intention to grow beyond where they are, meaning you might be three locations down. Adding a new location is as simple as entering the location name, giving mm -hmm. it a nickname, and kind of saying, hey, this is online. As you get stylists for it or barbers, what have you, you add them in. You say what their, you know, what their services are, what the cost for those services, if this person does it. I mean, it's really tailored towards the granular level of detail that growing companies want. Um, there's a saying that said, what can be measured can be improved. It is one of those industries that nobody really measures. I mean, you have the, the, um, the Paul Mitchells and all of those. But again, those are individual uh, salons uh, that they have, and they have to create ways to share data. Um, there is no kind of wholesale way of doing it. And we have one particular competitor that does it really well on an individual level, but nobody really wanted to do it on the enterprise level. So that's really kind of where I took it. And it was a very expensive venture to get into, gathering all the data, working with salons. They're so different. Um, but um, after about four years of uh, trial and error, we finally went live with what, what I call version 3.0, uh, which is, you know, what's online now. Awesome. So, I mean, I'm trying to kind of wrap the whole thing around me. I mean, let, let's say I own three barber shops and I'm trying to add a fourth. I mean, what's kind of like the advantage here? Is it more for the customer base that they're going to be able to have an easier time figuring out um, kind of how to schedule online? Like what, what, what am I kind of getting out of the platform? Okay. So say you want to add a fourth and your fourth is closer to, um, you know, one of your regular customers' homes and, sure. you know, he doesn't use anybody in particular. Uh, he goes in and he puts in his zip code and here you have it. You know, here's his, um, we, we keep track obviously of who comes to the site and here you have it. Was, oh, wow. There's one closer to my home. I think we've all been victims of going to a target or, uh, you know, another store that's a little bit further and you found out that there's one near or closer to your house. Sure. Uh, that's kind of the, the purpose we're serving. And also, too, for the salon, you say, OK, well, we're coming online on Saturday at this time. So you, basically you enter the name of it, you enter the location, who's going to be working there. And it, it's it's immediately online for your customers to start making appointments. You can say, oh, take all the services from here. You know, all the things that they do here, just duplicate those over here. Add it to this guy, you know, John does all the same things, or we're moving an employee from one location to another. You may want to see how they perform at different locations. I mean, it's really, really, really simple. I mean, you, you would have to be, I mean, kids can, can do it. I, I have an 11-year-old daughter. That's, that's actually my measure for how simple it is to use. Like, I asked her to set something up. So if you can't get around an 11-year-old, then, you know, <laughs> it probably won't work out for you in business either. So that's kind of um, how we, we measure. But it's, it's really simple. It's really built to be uh, international. Um, we're uh, looking at doing some things in the UK now um, for a lot of the uh, events. There's a lot of um, hair shows and things like that that go on. Um, those are like coordinated pretty much through Facebook. People don't, that industry is very, very, very just kind of old school in the way that they do things. Um, I don't know if you know this, but barbers used to be able to pull teeth like long time ago. Like it, they did everything in barbershops. And so it's like a trusted relationship. And I think that's kind of how it's been for the last, I don't know, eons. So 
Um, we're really just trying to move that forward. And that's really what the product is about, is just making it really simple. Hey, I want a haircut. I like these guys. Let's do it. You know, like, let, let's do it on my phone. Let's do it however I can. Um, what's their next availability? I don't have to call. I think that's where we're moving as a, as a culture. Anyway. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, that's kind of like the future with all these things. I know I even... Um I had not quite the same niche, but I went and got like a massage a couple of weeks ago through like a Groupon and mm -hmm. uh, she was using one of those WordPress like calendars, but it wasn't working for her properly. So yeah. we ended up, you know, having to do things a different way, but it was yeah. like, that kind of is the way of the future, you know? Yes. And it's, it's more convenient for you because you can sit there and look at it and say, well, let me look at my calendar. If you're on the phone, you ask it to hold on for five minutes. It's probably not going to work yeah. while you go ask your wife or your girlfriend, Hey, are we busy on Saturday? So that's really um, saving everybody time. Time is a valuable commodity. So that's that's really where we're coming from, just saving everyone time um, on how they're doing. And you can go back and make changes and also take deposits. That's really powerful. That's like our number one thing, taking deposits. So people are more committed um, for that. But people will also, um, in doing so, they're kind of saying, hey, you know, I, I, I'll make sure that this is correct before they do that. So that kind of helps the business overall. It also ups revenue. I mean, you have deposits for things six months out. So it helps with the revenue. That's something that a hand-to-hand -hand business just can't do, right? They're not going to call our customers. Yeah. Well, I know you're going to come in next month. So can I get 25 bucks from you before you come? Like, you know, it's... it's yeah, it's just not going to work like that. Yeah, it's improving the relationship overall and improving the business too. Hmm. So it's more of like getting that, getting those deposits through the internet versus, you know, no one, like you said, it's just not going to happen over <laughs> over a phone call, I don't think. Yeah, no, nobody's going to call and give their number and say, oh, I'm going to do this. They just call and say, hey, are you available on Thursday? Then they have to pull out their book or whatever system they use. And, you know, it takes time. We, we measured it. It's about five minutes per call. I um, mean, it's about a minute and a half. If you're an existing, if you've already signed up, it's about a minute and a half to get a new appointment. So I, I think that's a better improvement uh, or a much better uh, customer experience. Yeah, keeping things more streamlined and just easier for everyone. Well, you can see your history too. So if you got something before that you really liked and you weren't sure um, what that was, you can kind of look at your history. Um, one of the concepts we have is what you call, would you like fries with that? Um, I hope that's not trademark, but that's what we call it. Um, and so basically whatever products were used, for you, so in the uh, administrative section of it, uh, giving away a little of the guts of it, in the administrative section, you can say what products are used for a particular service. And so if that person wants to buy them, you can, at the time of them booking that service, you can say, hey, we use this on you. Would you like to purchase this? It's kind of like, would you like prize with that? It definitely increases the probability of a sale because hmm. it's the exact thing that you use. So a lot of people may try it themselves. You know, I don't know about haircuts, but uh, with, you know, people getting their hair done, there are certain products that may smell a certain way. Um, they're able to order it as long as it's not, you know, for, you know, you have to have a license to get it. They can order those products. I mean, increase product sales as well if, if companies do that. So that, there's a lot of nuances that we thought about that just make for growing your business kind of simple. Like you could probably sell more product than you do services, right? There's a limited amount of time, but you can sell a lot of products. So. Yeah, it almost, I don't know if you're doing it with the platform. I'm just thinking about this in my head from a, being a marketing more marketing savvy type type guy blogger um, like maybe when those people are obviously filling out their information if you were capturing their emails that might be a great way for the salons or barbershops to like remarket and potentially um, you know get more people to like leave reviews about their business things like that on Google or other you know Yelp yes yeah, so we actually get there um, they actually get the um, 
notices. Um, you get to set how early. So you can say, hey, I want to notify everyone two hours before their appointment. And so we actually send them a text and or an email. It's based on a preference. But we do have that information. And you send out birthday thank yous. I mean, there's just a lot of details that are just there that, you know, we've collected over the years. So, I mean, it's a really, really mature uh, concept when it comes to salons. They do so many things and uh, they usually just have one person that does that and that person based on the business like specifically here have to be off I think it's one day per week or something like that so most take off Sunday and Monday. Um, so that's two down days. No revenue, no product sales, nothing. No appointments really. So um, you know that also changes that now you're a seven day a week business. Wow yeah. Sounds like a great platform. I mean, how, how many people, out of curiosity, like how many um, actual businesses do you guys have in the system now? Okay, so we're running about 13,000 appointments a month um, wow. for that. So the business, so we can't really measure in a business because one chain has 19. Sure, sure. Places, right, so uh, we can't really measure it like that. It's really an individual one. So we're measuring by appointments because appointment kind of relate to revenue uh, for us. Um, we're getting ready to do a major push. That means uh, billboards. Um, in uh, three major cities um, here in Atlanta, in Dallas, and also in the Los Angeles, uh, the greatest Lo greater Los Angeles area. Uh, so we're looking to uh, double that actually. Um, wow. so in in a sixty day time frame, that's what we're banking on is doubling that um, as far as the amount of appointments. Because the more appointments, the more people talk about it. Uh, we're not really measuring it based on um, salons themselves. It's more on quality. Like, are they using it more? Getting individual uh, salons to use it more is more important than having more customers because more, uh, the more the salon uses it, the more data you have, the better the metrics. Uh, it just kind of keeps revenue high for everybody. Wow. Yeah, I'm curious to find out how that kind of works out for you. I don't think I've talked to anyone personally that's done like those big billboard ads. I would imagine if you're right. doing it in the right place, you're going to get some pretty high... Uh, you know, people driving by their cars and stuff, which is crazy. It's very expensive. I will tell you that. It's very expensive. So here, i just give you an example. In Atlanta, for one off of uh, one of our major highways, which is 75, is roughly like $3,500 a month for wow. a billboard. In L.A., it's three times that amount. Wow. For 30 continuous days of advertising, right? And you have to pay to have it put up and, you know, all the guys that go up there and actually stick it up there. So it's pretty expensive. I mean, it's, it's not a, a thing take, to be taken lightly. Mm. I mean, you're talking about um, in Atlanta, we have the busiest airport in the nation. So you're talking about roughly a million, million and a half eyeballs on, um, you know, on this particular site. So even just to get the traffic, that could convert into advertisement and other things. So um, I think we think it's it, it's worth it. And when I say we, I just kind of brought on some people that are a lot better at marketing. I'm very much an ideas guy. Like, mm. you know, I come up with the ideas. I know how it works from end to end. But getting it out there and all of that, I had to bring in other people. And they're expensive, too. So Yeah, of course. Better work is pretty much my uh, <laughs> philosophy at this point. Yeah, it sounds like you're definitely more on the creation side of things, with the obviously, with the Cairo Consulting and everything. Yes, and that's the one thing that no other brand will be able to do. So anybody else can get in this space. But because we're a consulting company, we could compete at any moment with anything that they build. Um, we can actually supersede that because I know how it's built. We know how it's built. We can go and say, hey, how did they do this? Let's do it better. And they would have to hire a team to do it as opposed to I can go in on Monday morning and say, we're going to build this and we can put it out faster. We can deploy it. We're, we're in the technology industry. So it's almost like a, uh, a cheat code, if you will. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's like the online business. Okay. Like people always say, it's kind of, it's sort of like one of those, it's all who you know. 
Yes. Scenarios, you know, and more you got the advantage. You've got a team behind your back that you can, you know, when when need be, if you do find there's competition. I mean, I I don't know how many people would really think to go after something like that. I mean, I had a similar uh, sort of conundrum. I I, I do um, e-commerce full time, and mm-hmm. um, I actually you mentioned. I don't want to say it's on the same level, but somewhat similar. Um, I found that you know we built had a guy build out like a ten thousand dollar Magento website, you know, for mm-hmm. the company I was with early in the year, and we kind of were struggling with trying to figure out a system that would allow customers to come in very easily um, to buy products wholesale, like mm-hmm. clients that were interested in buying our products wholesale, and there were systems out there that did it, but they were either extremely expensive. And, or there just was no like easy streamly, streamlined way to do it with Magento, mm-hmm. which really surprised me because Magento is essentially the largest e-commerce mm-hmm. um, platform out there. Yeah. So I, I dug into that for months, and <laughs> you know, I almost had my boss convinced to build something. I mean, I think there are a couple things out there, but it's funny when you kind of dive into some of these things, you realize like you know a lot of people might think about it, but are they actually doing it? Yeah, and the expertise—that's what takes time, and that's where I think um, we're uh, just better overall. Is that we don't have to go and ask, right? Yeah. We build these products every day for other people—not these particular products, but build all types of products. Um, we know what it takes to scale. You know, we're immediately ready for five million uh, visitors, right? We're running the Amazon AWS platform, so mm-hmm. we're in the cloud, right? Everything's duplicated and backed up. If one region goes offline, I could turn on another region with one click. Right. So if we start getting a lot of traffic from, say, uh, Seattle, then we can actually put up a region. I click once and it actually duplicates out there. So there's a lot of planning and strategy that went into this that, you know, they would have to spend a million bucks plus. Uh, And it literally cost me one hundred thousand dollars to just plan it out and, and get with the right guys and say, how do I do this? That's really expensive for software that I could build myself. Like I literally could have just sat down and started coding it myself. I don't have right. the time, but I could have. So if you put that in scale, that's really expensive um, planning. Um, but it requires that in order to compete. So that's why you know you kind of make it to be here to stay. I'm kind of an all-in kind of guy, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Try to be here to stay. Yeah, sounds like you really got it all figured out. I mean, you really get the even okay. the from the competitor's edge. You know, being able to kind of step up things and um, sort of take control if you need to with the with the project. Yeah, well, let's let's hope so. We'll, we'll There's always something unthought of, right? I mean, yeah. Well, I wish you luck with those banners. I mean, obviously, that's a hefty investment. Hopefully, it works out for you. Yeah, let's hope so. All right. Was there anything else you wanted to share? I figured we, could, you know, it was a pretty good chat. I thought we talked about quite a bit. So. Oh no, that's pretty much it, man. I definitely appreciate the uh, you having me on. Great, great. Um, well, uh, I guess, do you want to mention your website if anyone wants to kind of check out? Um, I don't know where your kind of main headquarters is, so to speak. Oh, yeah. So we're based here in Atlanta. And again, we're also in Dallas. Uh, so our main site is kairuconsulting.com. That's K-A-I-R-U consulting.com. Um, a lot of times people ask me about my specific background. So if you want to go and check out some of the things that I do, and it's really just a weekend project for me, but I have the I am calvinbrown.com. So that's I-A-M as in like America, calvinbrown.com. And so you can check uh, us out there, check out our products. And of course, the product we just spoke about, which is bookmystylist.com. Cool. Thanks for um, thanks for taking the time to join me on your you know Saturday here. <laughs> oh, not a problem. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Thank you.